Welcome to the 294th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on July 24th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's a bundle of curiosity, Carlos Rodella. I'm so curious. What's happening? What's happening now? What's happening over there? What happened in the past? Lots of stuff that we will not get into today. <laughs> uh, but I was kind of playing on that because you were very curious about uh, my take on Stray. And since it's a cat game, I was going to try to parlay that into a Curiosity Killed the Cat pun. But we oh. ran out of time and I didn't make that connection. So in your head, <laughs> uh, please, dear listeners and you, Carlos, please imagine that I came up with a really clever pun tying all those things together. Got it. Okay. It's in my head now. I see it. I see how you yeah, were it, it's, trying it's, to I'm it. on the verge. And yeah. like... 20 minutes after we stop recording, I'll be like, oh, that was it. That was yeah, too late. Okay. Well, I am curious about what you're about to say about Stray, because we're going to both talk about it today again. Again. A little more in detail this time. And I am curious as a cat. All right. That's, yeah, I was in the ballpark of that. Boy, I was, I was, I had like three, four different things and just none of it came together. I'm very disappointed about that. But what I'm not disappointed about is recording this show with you today, Carlos. Wow. Well, thanks. I, I am also not disappointed. <laughs> It'd be sad if we were. I feel like that's one of the key elements of podcasting is not being disappointed when you have to do it. And I feel right. like so far we're checking that box. So. Yeah, that's that's good. That's the bare minimum. <laughs> the bare minimum. All right, folks, we got a bunch of games to talk about. We got a lot of stuff to say. Let's get to it. As you all know, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape on my side. I've got a couple things, a couple things, mostly related to San Diego Comic-Con. What's on your side there, Carlos? Um, I got a bunch. I almost can't get in the door right here. Um, I'll start off with... Just to, as a reminder for everybody, I think we always talk about A24 films and how much we like them. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're doing a whole like collection going to HBO in August. Oh, really? Yeah, like a massive collection. So if you've missed some of their films uh, and you have HBO, HBO Max, you can probably check them out. And there's a bunch that I haven't still seen, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, and they're also doing some sort of, um, well, this is a separate thing. Annapurna is doing a showcase uh, this Thursday coming up at 12... Uh, Pacific time. So that's also another cool thing to check out. But oh, okay. Right on. Plenty Anna of time. To catch that show. There you yeah. go. Right so, on. Yep. Excellent. What else you got? Um, the D and D movie trailer happened. Did you see it? <laughs> yes. I, I just watched it uh, yesterday. That kind of parlays into what I was going to talk about, about all the trailers um, from San Diego comic con. But yeah, let's, let's hear your thoughts on the dungeons and dragons trailer. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. I just feel like I wanted to hate it immediately, but it, it looks good. Like it looks I don't know, like a good fantasy movie with some comedy. Um, I'm not mad at it. Why I, did you want to hate it? Well, you just you're expecting it to be like, okay, Dungeons and Dragons, very on the nose. What are they going to do? And they did do a movie. Remember, was it in the '90s or something? Yeah, it had like the Wayne's Brothers in it or something, didn't it? Yeah, it wasn't like it good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so you know, there's a track record. It's almost like a movie uh, based on a video game. Right, and this is based on a tabletop, obviously, and right. game. But right. so you know, you don't know what's going to expect. But um, I was like, wow, it looks feels like a Lord of the Rings kind of movie or something, and some comedy. And I like the cast; it looks good. Not till next year, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched uh, we watched a bunch of trailers from from San Diego Comic Con, and uh, yeah, I got to say, I was I was hesitant because you know D and D is I mean it's got to be like one of the biggest licenses in the world, right? It's like an international, it's been going for like decades, like literal decades. I mean, everybody's heard of it. It caused satanic panic in the eighties. I mean, it's a, it's a thing, right? 
and it seems like there would be more based off of it. But that's been a really tough license uh, to bring the film. This one, though, I'm glad that they're leaning into the comedy, right? Like I laughed several times during the trailer and hopefully they didn't just show all the all the funny bits in the trailer and nothing left in the movie, because I feel like leaning into comedy is really the way to go. I feel like we have so much fantasy out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much good fantasy to choose from. We don't really need one more competing for that same bucket. I would much rather them do the laughs and wink, wink and nudge, nudge. And I that to me, it looked like a really fun time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. I feel, I think of like guardians of the galaxy where they do comedy with sci-fi, yes. you know? Yes, exactly. So I'm yeah. all in. Yeah. I'm all in as well. All in as well. Speaking of San Diego comic-con, let me hijack the, the bit here for a second. Um, tons of stuff. You know, I don't usually pay a lot of attention to San Diego comic-con other than what like filters through, my Twitter feed or whatever. But for whatever reason, I just was getting like inundated with like all the announcements and stuff. I mean, so first off, let me just lead with something near and dear to my heart and something that I know you always look forward to in every show. My, my update on He-Man and Masters of the Universe. I know that you're on, you're waiting. Um, Tons of mega announcements this year. Like if you're a He-Man fan, like I am, boy, if you had the patience to wait 40 years for this brand and come back around, you you got well rewarded because He-Man is coming back strong. Um, and yes, it has literally been 40 years since He-Man debuted. And Good I am golly. still alive, thank God, Good golly. to see this. Tons of new figures. Lots of really cool figures that a lot of fans like myself have been waiting for. A lot of them based on the Kevin Smith Revelation series, which was not great, but they had a lot of cool character designs. Um, there's going to be a brand new Castle Grayskull based on the Netflix TV show, which is actually awesome. Uh, and the biggest announcement, I think, for any nerd like myself who loves uh, He-Man is, I don't know if you probably don't remember this back in the day, but back in the day, near the end of the He-Man toy line, there was a place that released called, uh, I think it was called Castle Eternia, or just Eternia, and it was three large towers with a motorized tram that ran between the towers, and it had like, this. it was the biggest set that it was ever made for He-Man. It came, I mean, it must, must have been like a hundred bucks in the 80s, which at the time was like close to be like, you know, a million adjusted, dollars. Yeah, it, for adjusted inflation, $4.3 million, yeah. right? So like nobody had it. And if you did have it, it had a bunch of tiny little bits. So like you bought it, you immediately lost all the parts and like nobody had a working one because the tram would break. Nobody had all the, a complete one because all the parts got lost. Nobody had it in the first place because it was so expensive. It's like the holy grail hmm. of He-Man collecting. I don't have one and I never even tried because it's just like a boondoggle to even go after it. But they are actually reproducing that entire set. All the fans in He-Man land were like, heads were blown off. They're like, oh my god, it's the biggest, most expensive, most wonky thing, and they're actually redoing it. Cannot fucking believe it. So heads up. Uh, I'm definitely going to go in on it this time. I don't have any place to put it, but I'll buy that motherfucker, and I'll stick it in my garage or something just to have it. Wait, wait, quick tangent on toys. I had the Tower Tower of Grayskull, right? Uh, castle Grayskull, castle but this Grayskull. is, uh, this is uh, the Eternia playset. Different right, right, right. But I had the castle. I know I had that. Oh, yeah. Because um, yeah. it was just kind of like one side of a mountain, like a piece of plastic. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically. and then the other side. Or you could open it up or something. I forgot. Yep, the jawbridge um, opened up. Yep, I also yep. had the Hall of Justice. Okay, cool. From which Super I, Friends. Yeah, and you could open that one up, too, and then close it. Um, but the biggest thing I remember, and this is dating me, uh, but I had this huge, similar to... Um, the castle, I had like this mountain or like a blocky mountain range that were for your army men. Oh, there were several different kinds of those. Yeah. Yeah. It sure. was like pretty huge. And it was like you could put your little guys in like the lookouts and stuff. Oh, yeah. Those are fun, dude. Those, those are those. really fun. Yeah. Those are really good. We haven't had a good play set like that in a while, uh, as I say, as a 46 year old man here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very excited about uh, I'm very excited about Eternia. That's going to be awesome. Um, I've never seen it in person. I've never even touched one. 
never had a look at one. So it'll be cool to see what that's about. My only hesitation is that because it's such a huge, expensive premium item, I believe it's going to be exclusive to the Mattel website. And traditionally, they have handled um, exclusive sales like donkey shit. Mm. Um, it's like you got to be online before it happens. They usually sell out in less than a minute. And it's just like a roll of the dice whether you get one or not. And afterwards, inevitably, there's like a million fans who are pissed off because they didn't get one. I think they like like Mattel, if you're listening, and I know you are. Please do something about this. Have it be up for 24 hours. Like do pre-orders, do something because man, I just like I can't go through that drama again. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Let's so transitioning away from toys. Let's talk about the other other TV and movie things that caught my attention. Of course, Wakanda Forever. And you saw that trailer, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Very excited for that. Although, um, I'm very curious as to see what they're gonna do about. Um, Black Panther, you know, as as everyone knows, Chadwick Boseman, who played uh, Black Panther, died from, I believe it was colon cancer, I think, just died last year or something like that, recently, anyway. Um, and Marvel said that they were not going to replace him. They were going to, like, work that into the story somehow. So I'm very curious. Uh, the trailer definitely has, like, funereal vibes to it. I'm, I'm sure they're going to approach it somehow. So I'm, I hope they do it really well. Director Ryan Coogler, I'm sure, will handle it with, with aplomb. Um but I am surprised to see that uh, the sister of Black Panther is actually a wackadoodle anti-vaxxer. And I think that Disney was talking about maybe not bringing her back for the film, but it does look like she's back. Hmm. Um, so I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Wakanda Forever? You Black Panther fan? I'm okay. It's not like my favorite thing in the world. I think it's cool. And I like, um, you know, what it did in general for like diversity and in superhero land. Like that's important as sure. hell. Um, but I think we, we might even talk about the first film. I'm um, sure we did. And I had like problems with it or whatever, just like on a film basis. So sure, sure. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I saw it, checked it out. Cool. Um, it's, it, like you said, it's kind of somber. So yeah, it's <laughs> not I'm a feel good hit of the summer. I'm guessing, but we'll see. We shall see lots of uh, hints in that trailer though. If you're a Marvel fan, they were dropping a lot of little nuggets for you to figure out where they're going. And I'm not going to say anything right now for the people who didn't watch it. But uh, yeah, if you were had your eyes open, tons of Easter eggs in that thing. Um, otherwise, as far as TV goes, you know, they put out a trailer for She-Hulk, which is dropping, I believe next month TV series on Disney plus. Are you, you'd have Disney plus do you or don't you? I used to, and now I don't, I was trying to cut down on everything. So I don't have it now. Um, there's not enough on there anyhow. Cause I, I blew through all the stuff I wanted to watch. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I saw this sort of teaser for She-Hulk a while ago. I'm, I'm I, I gotta be honest, like in general, cause you're about to talk about a lot of, uh, stuff from Comic-Con, which is a lot of Marvel stuff and superhero stuff. I'm just like real cool down on superheroes in general. Sure. Sure. Like totally tired of everything to do with it. And, and to kind of steal some of your fire, I know they did the five-year plan or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 the phases and all and that. And they showed like a million movies coming out. They the, did, they did. The only thing that was interesting to me on there was Loki because I thought that's a really smart TV show. Um, but yeah, a lot of the superhero-y stuff I really don't care about right now. I mean, that's cool. And a lot of people are feeling the burnout too, right? I totally get that for sure. But yeah. me, as someone who used to manage two comic shops and has a billion comic books and has been a comic book nerd for basically my entire life, I'm in hog heaven. Yeah. I will never get tired of Marvel stuff. I love it. And I'm, I'm just like, give it all to me and I want even more. So I get people who are burned out and that's totally fine. But as someone who, you know, like, like growing up, there was never any good shit on TV. Like the movies were garbage. I, I, you know, the TV shows, I think we got like the Hulk, which was kind of okay. And we got like a wonky Spider-Man that was. Oh yeah. Uh, I watched, you them know, all. 
you know, yeah. I mean, those were like, you know, it was fine, I guess, but it was not what we wanted. And this to me feels like the culmination of like what we always thought it could be like in our inner fantasies. Right. And now it's like on screen. So I'm, I'm Marvel to the end, dude. I will never get tired of this stuff. I want all the Marvel stuff. Anyway, um, She-Hulk, I got to say the CG is looking like ass. I don't like the way that it's all CG. It looks kind of bad. Yeah, it did. Um, looks bad. And I, just as a quick side note, I feel disappointed in the way that she looks, not just in the quality of CG, but in her overall design. I feel like she is too small, not muscular enough, not hulky enough. Um, you know, she's had d- different portrayals in the comics, and I always was a fan of like, larger stronger she's a you know gamma radiation superhero she doesn't need to be people's wank material you know like she's she can be like bigger and buffer and i know that a lot of people are scared that you know fanboys aren't going to have their fat fantasies going on if she's too muscular if she's too tall she's too strong but it's like she's she fucking hulk so get the fuck over it i'm i I heard that disney scaled her design back quite a bit from her original muscular iteration which is very disappointing to me Hmm. um so not cool about that um but i will give it a shot hopefully it's good i'll try to hold, hold my nose a little bit for the cg hope it's not too bad but the cool part the extra cool part about this trailer was at the very end they showed Daredevil coming back, and I am psyched as fuck for Daredevil comeback. Um, oh, I yeah. loved, yeah, I loved the, uh, I loved the portrayal of Daredevil on Netflix with uh, Charlie Cox. I'm glad they kept him too. Original guy. I don't know if they're going to bring back the other MCU people from Netflix. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I thought Charlie Cox did a great job. I loved his iteration of Daredevil. And even though he was kind of let down by the writing as that series went on, there was a lot of really strong content in Daredevil. I'm super super psyched that he's coming back. He's gonna be. Um, a fellow lawyer superhero just to go along with Shield, who is also a lawyer. And then he's going to get his own series uh, coming up soon, which I am just psyched as fuck about. So uh, very happy for Charlie Cox. Very glad they didn't let that die on the vine over at Netflix. So I cannot wait for that. Yeah, it was part of the five-year plan I saw it there pop up. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they circled back. So hopefully they'll uh, they'll do a good job on that. Wouldn't mind seeing the rest of the Netflix crew show up at some point. Uh, although I, sh- I know some people are mixed on that. But for me, give it to me. And uh, I think that's all I was going to say. That's all I had on my side. I think my house is cleared out now. Well, let me uh, do one tangent on the comic stuff, because, yeah. A, just like you, I grew up with comics. And, you know, I remember because we're 100 years old, I watched <laughs> Spider-Man's first, first incarnation was his electric company. Oh, God. I remember yeah. that back in the day. Dude, those, it, are, those are rad as fuck. Well, they weren't. <laughs> but back in then, when you were yeah, seven back years then, old, they are. They were like, I was like, oh, my goodness, live action Spider-Man. But you go back and watch and they're like super 70s and very weird and not like cool oh my um, god i tangent on your tangent yeah when you saw that spider-man do his webs and then somebody from off screen threw a fucking rope on somebody that was the shit dude that was oh, like yeah. the most janky ass backward special effects and i fucking love it but they also did i think they did pretty good job of the comic book frames oh yeah that was very cool youtube uh people listening uh um, electric company spider-man yeah you'll see these funny things so i and then i remember when tim burton's batman came out i feel like that's my changeover where i was like oh okay we can have superhero movies and they can be cool and yeah. have big people like jack nicholson in them and stuff um and michael keaton anywho uh the other thing i wanted to tangent on that is that i grew up with them and i loved comics and stuff i would draw my own comics and i just mentioned this on the interview i was on um on two geeks which i can we can put a link in maybe uh, where i talk about this podcast as well and i brought up the story i've forgotten about but i would draw comics every day like and what i would do is um it's not tracing but i would like look at comics and i guess not everybody can do this but i would like look at a frame of a comic and then just draw it into my comics sure sure I think it's special town. I don't know. I don't know if I can, everybody can do it, but not tracing, just kind of look at it. And so I would like bring Spider-Man. I would bring Batman 
I bring all these people into my Sergeant Z comics. Sergeant Z, that sounds yeah, pretty cool. He's Sergeant Z. I could draw him anytime. Uh, and um, you know, he had an enemy like the Joker. I think he was called the Comedian. I, although there really is a comedian in the comic books. Maybe I didn't there know. Is, yeah. Anyways, uh, and so I had this whole thing where I would bring in superheroes from the comic books into my comics. I just remember that story. That is fun. That yeah, is fun stuff. it's two geeks talking. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. And then I have one more piece of housekeeping, which is Xbox, Xbox is getting Discord voice chat, um, which is interesting to some people, not Brad Galloway. Why? Not interesting to me at all, but why would they do that? They already have like their whole party and chat system. What is the benefit of that? Just to incorporate like uh, just to because everybody does discord for everything just to kind of get a little bit of that mojo i think it's because everybody's already using it right like i'm using it with um you know my uh what's it called oh mid journey which i what i'll tell you i'll tell you about this uh later at some point but people look it up it's mid journey it's it's ai assisted art and i'm working with some uh, creating art with ai uh, anyways, that's done through Discord. Like Discord's like where people are sitting at. Like they're hanging out there, right? Sure, sure, sure. So I think they just knew that, and they're like, okay, we're gonna have people like chat with their friends while they're playing Xbox. Um, that that said, Sony PlayStation did a deal with Discord like a while ago, like a year ago or so. So I think they're bringing it as well. So just a little, it is definitely a housekeeping kind of thing. I'm not sure cool. if anybody cares, but that's happening. Cool. I mean, I'm sure somebody cares. I couldn't care less, but I'm sure somebody out there is very excited by that news. I don't know who that is, but I know that Discord's a thing. I get people every goddamn fucking day in the email asking me to join their goddamn Discord, and I'm like, delete, 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 motherfucker, also delete. Uh, But I know a lot of people love Discord, so if you love it, I mean, there you go. You got some uh, hot scoops for Xbox. It's got to be like the brand or the thing you like a lot enough to join the Discord. You know what I mean? I I I got no time for it, dude. I I just don't. But if you love it, Go for well, it. Yeah, it's about, it. it's about building communities too, right? Like yeah. If you have your friends there, then that's where you're going to go. I have no time thing. for friends. No time for community. Although I, I, know, I know. No time for that. Uh, okay, so that I think <laughs> is it. Um, I have a few more things, but I'll push them to next week because we should talk about games. All right, let's do that. Let's move on to the main portion of our show, the games chat. All right, Carlos, uh, you're going to kick it off this week. Warhammer Chaos Bane. Um, I know that I dip into all the 40k stuff, and you brought this uh, t- uh, to the the agenda just before we started recording, and I was like, "What? I don't remember hearing about this one." But now I am looking at pictures online. I think I do remember dipping my toe in. But but tell us all about Warhammer Chaos Bane. Where are you playing it, and why did you pick it up? Well, first off, like every story recently, I've got to start talking about Diablo Immortal first. <laughs> this is the Diablo Immortal cast. Yes. I was. Uh, I just finished that. Uh, I got the level cap, and I tweeted a picture of it. I'm level sixty, and then you go to Paragon levels after that. Um, I don't know if I'll do much more of it. I, I think I kind of wrapped my adventure. But like I said in my tweet, two months of Diablo three style fun for free. I'm not there mad you at it. You know. I mean, that sounds like a good deal. Two months of fun for free. What, it, what else? What can you complain about? Yeah, and and that and Diablo. You know, for everything we can say against you know the company, they make Diablo makes Diablo. Uh, Super fun. Blizzard, Blizzard makes Blizzard, Diablo. Blizzard, yeah. Diablo makes itself. Diablo <laughs> makes Diablo. That needs to be on a shirt. Yeah, Diablo makes Diablo. So, but Blizzard does a good job with that game. And three was one of my favorite things in the world. And four will probably be just as good. Um, so, Immortal, yeah, the engine itself is fun as shit to play. Play it. Anyways, I bring that up because uh, one, I did get to level 60 with no paying no money. Yes. But cool. two, I just wanted more of it. And so I went to my PlayStation, where I still have that PlayStation service. 
the new uh, upgraded, uh, what are you, like the mid-tier, top tier? What I'm all the tiers. I did a trial for like the first month. For the top tier. Okay, yeah, you got everything. everything. So in that, there's, you know, tons of games you can stream or download. Um, and so I just went through and was looking for something like Diablo because I wanted more of that. And I found Warhammer Chaos Bane, which I missed totally. It came out in 2019, uh, so a little while ago. And it's pretty much a straight-up Diablo-type game. Uh, actually, a pretty cool story. And the uh, there's a couple cons, mostly pros. The graphics are okay. You know, they're older kind of generation graphics. But so is Diablo Immortal, really. Um, and it's just fun. You, you can pick uh, between a bunch of different characters. Your characters have different backstories. So I think on the cover is like a... Um, what is it? Uh, not druid. Um, it's like a dwarf or something. Dwarf or something. Yeah, yeah, warrior. And but you can be many different characters, and each each person you pick has a different backstory. So it starts you out where you're going to be in the game. But yeah, it's like a straight up Diablo, right? You're running around doing your special moves, doing all your abilities that you map to different buttons. You heal yourself, etc. You know Diablo. Um, so I think pros. You know, it's just really fun and addictive. They're really really smart about how the they do the pacing with the story. It's just super addictive you're just like okay i'll just do one more mission one more mission and then um the only con is unlike diablo it is pretty tough to move like there's like i don't think there's like a dodge button you know i think was it path of exile does the same thing that frustrates me where like you just gotta go to a spot and then attack and then yes, go to yes. a spot then attack yes uh and then diablo will get around that by like putting moves that like move you so like one of your that, skills. Yeah, that of motion incorporated into your skills, right? Yeah. Like, like dodge or a sweep or something. Yeah. Diablo Immortal, to go back to for a second, when I'm playing the Barbarian, there's a whirlwind thing where he spins. But as you're spinning, you can move him. And it's perfect because then you like get yourself in position where you want to be after you get out of the spin. Gotcha. Right? And in this game, so far, I haven't found that. Like There's one move that you can jump across the screen, but then I go too far. You know what I mean? Then I'm like, way on the other side of the screen. I, I missed everybody. So that's the only thing is it's a lot of like move to spot and kill, move to spot and kill. So I, w I wouldn't mind a dodge button. Um, but other than that, man, what a fun find. I'm like, I wanted more Diablo and Warhammer Chaos Bane is it. Right on, right on. Excellent. Um, I, I mean, it sounds fine. I usually go in on the 40K stuff and not for the regular Warhammer, which I think is why I kind of bounced off of this. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely keep it in mind if I, uh, the next time I need another Diablo like, I will uh, maybe perhaps cue this up. Yeah, and anybody who likes listening and, and maybe doesn't want to try Diablo Mortal or, you know, whatever's mad at it, uh, here you go. There's a Diablo game right there. Right on, right on. Warhammer Chaos Bane. There we go. Uh, okay, let me talk for a couple minutes about a few different things here. First off, Strange Horticulture, which I am playing on the Switch. I uh, got a code for this for the purpose of speaking about it on the show, which I'm doing right now in real time. Uh, this is an interesting one. I heard a lot about it on PC. It got a little bit of a buzz, and I think we reviewed it on Game Critics. Um, I didn't review it. Somebody else did. Um, and I think it was pretty favorable. Basically, this is a... You play the owner of a plant shop. It's all kind of a menu-based interface where there's like, uh, you know, little people pictures, like little profiles. You're looking at a map of an area that you click on, um, you look at pictures of plants, there's books to read. So there's no like, there's no open world, like you're not platforming, you're not going into, you're not searching anything. It's just, it's all just like menu based. Um, and apparently there's some kind of like Cthulhu elements to the story, which is one of the reasons I got into it. Uh, I always uh, do any Lovecraft type game or anything like that. I'm always a big fan of that stuff. Uh, so basically the story, what I gleaned from it anyway, is that you get handed this plant shop, 
uh, somebody dies or something and they give it to you and then you just immediately launch into um, taking requests from townsfolk about whatever they need like somebody will show up and they'll be like I need um, a sleep aid I need a plant to help me sleep and then you got to go through your plant book to read up about plants and then after you find the plant that you need you got to go to your plant shelf and you got to visually identify which one is which um, so that's basically what you do after you successfully complete a request like somebody says oh, I want a sleeping plant you find the sleeping plant you give it to them they will either give you a new plant or they will give you a hint uh, for your map and then you go to the map screen and if you have correctly interpreted the hint you click on the right square it's a grid based map and then you will get either a new plant or some other kind of like bonus or something like that hmm. that's basically what the game is it sound sounded pretty interesting when people told me about it um, but now that I'm playing it on the Switch, I think it is interesting, but it's got like a lot of problems. Um, first off, there's like fuck all tutorial, which, you know, as you know me, like I need to have a good tutorial. I want a game to work me into it slowly. I want you to tell me what to do. Invite me into your world. Show me the ropes. I fucking hate just like struggling blindly. And I sure shit don't want to go diving for an FAQ as soon as I start a game. So I feel like they really need to up their tutorial game. It's a pretty miserable lack of a tutorial. Um, that was not great. For example, I couldn't even figure out what I was supposed to do in the beginning. Um, like what even step one was. I was like, what am I supposed to do? I'm looking at a bunch of menus and windows and I'm not sure how to proceed. And then eventually you notice there's a little um, bell. Like, you know, you know, you go to a hotel and you like ding for like the, the concierge to come out or something. You know, little bells. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. So like you ding that and then a customer comes up and I'm like, oh, like <laughs> that's weird. I'm I'm telling customers to come in rather than customers just showing up. That threw me for a loop, right? Because like, what game? What game has you ding a bell and then you bring a customer? And that doesn't make it. It's like backwards. It's like Bizarro Land. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. So then there was that. The text is really small. And to be fair, the game says this has this game has small text. Please push one of the shoulder buttons to zoom in. I mean, cool, but just make your fucking text bigger. Like, there's got to be, you know, this is another case of where I'm sure it was fine on a big PC monitor. But when you take all those elements at exactly the same proportion and exactly the same landscape and put them on the Switch screen, it doesn't quite work as well. Yeah. Um, so I wish there was a bit more of adaptation there. And then it's just like a lot of just, just really janky stuff. Like, I mean, reading and I thought I had the right flower and I didn't have the right flower. And there's a, a function where if you identify the flower, you have to turn on the function for the flower to be identified. Otherwise, you have to type in the tag yourself, which was kind of a hassle. So I had to like turn, turn that on. And it was just like zooming in and zooming out of the text and then kind of figure, I mean, it was just like a lot of like, it just, none of it flowed. Right. I felt like every step of it was kind of a struggle for me. Um, moving the cursor between menus. There's like a little drawer you've got to open. It's got stuff inside. So you got to click on the drawer to open the drawer. And then there's like a book inside. You got to click on the book and then open that up and then click to the right page. You're like click, 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 click. Yeah. It's just like this, all of it was just like, like, I like what it's doing. Like I like the idea owning a, 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 a spooky plant shop and eventually getting to a Cthulhu story sounds very cool i want to do that but like just playing this on the switch it was just very slow very like sludgy and miserable and i just wish it had a better adaptation like a true adaptation rather than just a straight up port off a of pc you know yeah well that's the thing because so many of these games what you what you're describing is interesting especially the story part as it comes you know together uh and it gets closer to that kind of cosmological horror or whatever but exactly. um i can see me playing that with my mouse on my in on steam you know yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, the Switch doesn't feel like a good fit for it. I think it's the main thing. Yeah, it's a shame, too, because I think it's cool. And if I was more of a PC player, I would have dumped the Switch version immediately and went to go play it on PC. But, I, you know, I'm not going to do that because I just don't play much on PC. But, you know, honestly, I, I get that it's expensive. I get that it takes time. I get that it's not easy. I'm not saying all you do is push a button and it's ported. 
But if you're going to port it to the Switch, like, you know, like, just just do a little more effort to make it more user-friendly. Change the font size, change the window placement. I mean, I realize that in some instances, that's probably just as much work as making an all-new game. So I'm not saying it's simple. But for me, playing on the Switch, that's what I that's what I expect from a good Switch game. And so, I, you know, I noped out of this pretty quickly because it was just kind of just terrible to play. Right. Uh, but I love the idea. I love the idea of it. So strange horticulture. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to recommend it because I think it's interesting. But if you're going to definitely get it on PC, do not bother yep. with the Switch version. I was going to say so. that. Hey, and a quick tangent on that. When yeah. the strange horror thing. Do you know about the new weird movement? Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned it last episode. Oh, did I? I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay, yeah. never mind. Just to make sure I mentioned it to you because it's like, oh, that's Brad Galley all the way. New year. Oh, yeah, dude. Totally. I mean, uh, I didn't know that it was called that until you mentioned it. But after you mentioned it, I looked it up. And yeah, that's all my shit, dude. Okay, for sure. So. Cool. Uh, one more game really quickly. Escape Academy. Uh, I believe this is on Game Pass. I'm 99% sure it's on Game Pass. This is a cooperative puzzle solving escape room experience. Now, full disclosure, I didn't play this myself. Uh, we got an offer for a code and I'm like, I'm never going to play this, but I know my son loves these kind of games. He actually gets together um, with a couple of his buddies for regular game time, like twice a week. And so I'm like, oh, well, you've already got friends. You have already got somebody who's going to play with you. I know your friend likes escape rooms too. Would you guys like to try this for me? And they're like, yeah, for sure. So they've been playing it. I've been watching them over their shoulder and I think it's pretty cool. Basically there's a storyline. There is a story, but I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, starts off as you and a friend going to an escape room for an afternoon of fun and merriment. Um, things kind of take a turn, and then you go into like another larger escape room. You get another kind of a revelation, and then the game kind of goes on from there. But basically, it's a series of escape rooms. Carlos, have you ever done an escape room in real life? I have. Yeah, it was a team building uh, exercise. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah, that part of it was interesting. Um, no, we had a okay time. I felt dumb. I felt real dumb. Yeah. Most of the time. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I, for whatever reason, my brain, you got to be like a very specific kind of person to really like click with an escape room. I fail at those pretty hard. I've done a couple when I've been like the dunce in the group every single time. So I feel you, bro. Um, but my son and his friend uh, really got into this. They loved the puzzles. They said the puzzles were all exactly the right um, difficulty for them. Not too hard, not too easy. Um, they did a lot of teamwork together. Um, there's a lot of cool elements. Like for example, in one room, uh, the like water started filling up the room and that's never going to happen in a real escape room. And if it is, uh, you're in some real danger and get the fuck out of there. Like ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, like, you know, like water's filling the room and they're like rushing around trying to solve this puzzle or they're like, you know, they're doing like word switches and they're checking the rooms. I mean, it just seemed like a really good time. If you've got a good friend to do it, I don't think you can, I don't think you can even play it by yourself. I think you need to have two people required, um, which is fine. Uh, cause they say that up front, but it looked like a really fun time. And if you like escape rooms, it's really cool. Now I will say there is one, giant um con to this game everything that i saw graphics were cute colorful my son says he loves the puzzles he had a good time with his friend etc et this was all good and there's not really a ton of puzzle games like this uh on console i mean there's like the we were series i think and there's this one i think maybe that's it there's more on pc but regardless the big con of escape academy is that it is always in split screen even if your friend is online in his own house somewhere else oh so yeah. we yeah my son started up and he's like what the fuck is this and i'm like oh it's split screen um you know my son is 13 he did not grow up in the n64 era split screen is not something that he's familiar with um i'm like oh yeah it's split screen we used to do this back in the day when we had friends over and i'm like well just i'm like just change the mode put it on a full screen and he looked he's like there isn't one and i'm like what how is there not a full screen yep he's correct no full screen mode. So I immediately jumped um, online and I talked to the PR for uh, the people who were uh, making this game. And I'm like, hey, 
is there no full screen mode because we're not doing couch mode and they're like yeah sorry there it's just it's locked split screen all the time which is dumb it's so sure fucking is. stupid so fucking stupid um i don't know why they did that i would i and, and they said they're considering um putting in a patch to let you do full screen yeah i would strongly consider that like asa fucking p it is dumb to do split screen because I, I don't see what the value of it is. And it's just really fucking obnoxious. Um, I know that's what we enjoyed back in the day. I'm Carlos. I'm sure you must have done a million like couch co-op, like frag fest split screen things back in the day. I'm sure. Yeah. It was out of necessity though. Cause we had to, we were, exactly, you know, we had, we were on the couch, literally on the couch co-op and um, we had to use the same screen. Like we didn't have multiple screens. There was no online. Yes. You, you liked it because that's what you had. Now that we don't have to do that anymore, I don't like it anymore. So yeah. let's not do that anymore if we don't have to. So that is the one con. Um, it's obnoxious to look at because you're constantly in split screen and it's stupid and I don't know why they did it. Uh, but if they if they patch that out, awesome. Then it would be just like full big time thumbs up. My son had a great time with it. He's still playing it. He's having um, lots of fun and he definitely recommends it. Uh, but he just says, you know, caveat split screen. So All Escape right. Academy, it's on uh, Xbox Game Pass, best place to pick games right now. Uh, check it out, and if you like escape rooms, um, it seems like a pretty solid one. I think I just saw it on PlayStation too, though. It's oh, is it? Okay, yeah, I think it's on both. And people are like, yeah, rave reviews for it actually. So yeah, it, it seems really well done. Just that weird, weird fucking jag about the split screen thing. But other than that, seems great. So check it out. Um, all right, so we're gonna satisfy your curiosity, Carlos. Let's talk about Stray. Um, last week when we talked about it, we actually delayed the show so we could talk about it because we had an embargo going on. And along with that embargo were a lot of really strict, um, uh, rules about things that we could not talk about. Uh, now that we're like at least a week plus out from the release of the game, I mean, all that stuff is over with. We can talk about whatever we want. I'm sure there's already a dozen complete playthroughs and spoilers all over the yeah. place. So let's, uh, let, so question to you, do you feel like you're going to need to spoil anything about Stray right now? Spoil anything? What do you mean? Is there anything? I mean, I don't know. I didn't finish the game. So is there anything in here? Oh, I'll, we're going to talk about it. I want to keep one spoiler. Maybe at the end of the show, I can do. Um, okay. I'll put a note a that we're going to spoil at the end. Yeah. But other than that, I just want to talk about a general a little bit more. Okay. With you. Just to let people know that we're not going to spoil anything right now. Nope. We are not. Nope. Okay. Good. Okay. So let's revisit it. Let's circle back around. I played it some, and I know that you were a huge fan. You gave it like top marks last week. So let's talk a little bit now uh, that we don't have as many restrictions on us, Carlos. Let's revisit Stray. Yeah, so this is the cat game that everyone's talking about. I actually like um, feel very much like Stray is an indie band that I knew about before it became popular. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like we talked about in the show years ago, I want to say. I don't know. I maybe feel like it feels like years ago. A yes. while ago. I, it caught my eye immediately. I saw it some random, like, small teaser thing. I was like, Brad, that's my game. You know, I could just you called, tell. No, you did. You called it. You did. Yeah. And then when I played it, I played. I got to very lucky. Got to play. Uh, got a code and play it early. So before it even came out, uh, finished it. You know. And so for me and editors, like at other editors at different um, websites and stuff like that, have had this experience of like, oh, this is really cool, and this is mine for a little while. You know, it's just ours. We we're the only ones who got to play it early and experience it. So the minute it got released, and I saw all these really really high reviews and people just loving it. It just felt good. It felt like everybody found my indie band. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the band I've been talking you about. You were into Stray before it was cool. That's exactly what I was trying to say. That's the title of this podcast. That's a pretty good title. Into Stray before it was cool. All right, got it. Um, or like I was into Stray before it was cool. So, um, yeah, I love this game. And last time I couldn't talk about B12 a lot, but B12 is the little robot that you befriend as the cat. 
really does push the story along. I think it has some really cool heartfelt moments with B12 that I won't spoil, but it's really cool near the end of the game. And the abilities you get from B12 are fun because you can do some combat, very light combat. You can do, um, yeah, just more puzzle solving and different things with the, the robot. And I think that's cool. Did you enjoy the robot part of it at least before I jump into some more stuff? Uh, I mean, it was, it was a thing. It was a thing that was there. Was oh fine. my goodness. So just for, <laughs> for our listeners, I was excited to talk about Stray a little bit more. And, uh, I texted Brad and he's like, I played it. And I go, huh, uh, anything else you want to add after the, I played it just dot, dot, dot. And I was like, that's wildly ambiguous. I don't know what you're saying. And he's like, we'll just talk about it in the show. I am very worried. Like not only curious, I should have, you should have said like, Carl's is worried. Um, so yeah, Carlos now is concerned. I know I'm almost positively know that for some reason, and I have no concept how <laughs> you thought this game was either garbage or really didn't like it. And I'm so afraid that actually I can't even continue with this review until I know. Oh, geez. All Tell right, me well, what you fine. thought of fucking Stray now. I just thought it was it was fine. It was like whatever. I, I to be to, to be fair, I didn't finish it. I didn't even really get that far. Uh, it just didn't click with me, man. It just didn't click with me. Um, I think the graphics are amazing. The graphics are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the design, the animation of the cats and stuff is all great. Um, but I think you, I mean, so number one, I don't really care for cats that much to begin with. So it's not like I'm, I'm not in on the cat cuteness, right? So like that was a little hurdle they had to get over where there had to be stuff to the game that wasn't just the cuteness of cats. And I feel like a lot of people who love this game love cats, which is totally fine. I, if you love cats, great. No problem. But for me, just watching a cat like curl up and sleep on a shelf or scratch a tree, I, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but it doesn't appeal to me either. Um, as far as the gameplay goes, it just looks like it was none of the elements that I really enjoyed. Right. It's stuff that I don't like in general. Um, it's wandering around um, without a map, which I don't like in any game. Um, it's finding clues and documents and keys, which I also don't enjoy in any game. Um, there wasn't really any platforming, which is, I mean, I, I guess it's neither here nor there, but it's like you look up, I, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but like when you were the cat, you look around the environment and if there's a ledge or something you can jump onto, it just, you know, you hit X and you jump onto it, which is fine, but there's no platforming skill involved. So there was no like excitement from, will I make it? Will I won't make it? I, I get that it's not that kind of game, which is okay. I mean, you know, it's just for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm just like, Searching around, trying to get to places, and click an X, and I'm looking for documents, and um, and and part of me was like, why am I even doing this anyway? Like I'm a cat, like they kind of like go in on having a realistic cat, which is fine, but then how am I talking to this robot? How am I? Why do I give a shit about documents? Why am I doing any of this? It just, I mean, it's fine, it's fine. Like I just, it's just a kind of a game. Whether it was a cat or not, I don't think I was going to be in for. And the cat cuteness didn't win me over. So I'm like, you know, I put in like two hours. I'm like, okay, cool. I I got it. I get what it's doing. And I'm like, I'm good. It's not garbage. It's not garbage. I don't hate it or anything, but it just, it just didn't click for me. Okay. So first off, the cat cuteness thing is definitely not something that got me for this game. And I think that I've heard a lot of reviews about the same thing. Uh, Even Skillup, which I like a lot. um, He said he hates cats and despises them, but really, really enjoyed the game. So just putting an asterisk on there. No, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I don't, for me, it really wasn't about like, oh, it gets exciting to like curl up in that little 
alcove by the by the books. I did that once just to see what it looked like. But no, for me, it was about the environment, which you were right on the money. It's beautiful. It is gorgeous. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like a painterly thing in a way, but it's also realistic. And it also, just talk about design. Like they built their own language and all these neon signs. It just felt small, but also huge in the fact of its detail. Um, oh yeah, I mean, great work there for sure. Like you go into a room, and like even in just an apartment, you can get little stories by just seeing all these things that are going on, right? Uh, even like one of the robots' bedroom was like you know well lit with like these red lights and had kind of a move mood or vibe, you know. Going yeah, I bedroom. mean, this game is like environmental storytelling colon the game. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the other part is because you didn't play it long enough, there is some really special moments that I won't spoil here uh, about what you're doing there and like some of your questions you had. Not the questions about the cat, because they're kind of just you know, suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah, just hand wave it away. Like, sure, okay, yeah. cat understands enough what's going on. Um, but by the way, as I'm playing it and I beat the game, the cat never is like, oh, I got it. Correct, sir. I'll do this now. Like, yeah, he's not yeah. Like, acknowledging everything. No, he's just, he's just more like around. going along with it, which I think is, is a good way to do it. It's like I, he's not reading things. He's not understanding things, but... He's just kind of going along. And the, exactly. the robot's really doing most of the heavy lifting. Um, and then the other thing is that, like, that's the kind of game that we talk about this all the time. It's the kind of game you got to be in the mood for. Yes. And yes, so for sure. I 100% wanted that. I wanted to go into a place. Uh, the no map doesn't bother me too much because the, the environments are pretty small. Like, yeah, there's, there's verticality to it, but especially going to different uh, stages later on, which you didn't get to. Um, like one's a prison or one's a whatever, like, you know, d- sure, uh, sewers sure. or something there, you really don't need a map and they do a really good job of like, okay, you probably can't get lost. Um, but that's what I wanted. I just wanted like total escapism, go in there. I really didn't care if I was cat or not. It's cool that he was. And the platforming, like you said, I normally wouldn't like the platforming where I could control the jump. I mean, I'm going to be a cat. I want to be able to jump around. But for some reason, I think because the way the animations are so good and you know, the cat will like look up to see if he can get to a ledge, you know, which is very cat like. Um, it just they just kept it simple because it really wasn't a game about that. Yeah, it's it's definitely not about that for sure. Yeah, I want to be clear that I'm not holding it against it. Yeah, I get, yeah, yeah. I get what it's doing. But it might. But it doesn't. If it's not your vibe for that moment, then that's definitely makes sense, you know. Um, and there were a couple of times I fell as a cat. I think it was you know supposed to, but. Yeah, in general, I I just liked it more obviously because of the I was ready for this kind of mood. Also, the soundtrack is sick, like it's really beautiful. I didn't mention it last time, but it changes again as you go further in the game. It changes so many different new songs. You can actually find songs for that little robot. Oh, really? Like, He's like a music player too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's funny. He'll actually play them for you. Uh, a funny little quick side story. There's a great part where, um, again, suspension of disbelief that the cat could figure this out, but. A couple of things where you like, you know, knock things over and it, it's part of the story. But one of them is um, you want to get you want to steal something from a store. And so you put this cassette in the boom box in the back room and it puts this really loud, annoying music on. And it never shuts off, by the way, for the rest of the game. It's just it's always loud in there. So the guy who is like running the store has to go back there and he can't figure out how to turn it off. Anyways, I thought it was really funny. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I could tell. Kraus, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm glad you shared that uh, with us. In general, I loved it. In general, you thought it was okay. I mean, you're wrong. It's fine. Um, no, you're I mean, not. it is fine. It is fine. It's just, you know, it's exactly like you said. If you're in the mood for this, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good one of those that what it does, you know. But, like, it was 
it, it's too many of the things that I just don't like in general, regardless of whether it was Stray or any other game. I mean, these are all like all things that I just don't enjoy. So I don't know that this game really ever had a chance with me to begin with based on what its foundations were built on, which is fair. I mean, it's not it's not a bad game. It's just not my kind of game. Yeah. And I, I accept that. Uh, I was, I'm, I'm happy that it wasn't like this game is a hot pile of garbage on fire. No, I don't think so. No. Um, and then, by the way, the critics, uh, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. I'm like looking at a list of them. It's ridiculous. So I'm just I happy. I think those that. are a little too generous, honestly, but you know, people like it. But whatever. I call it I a perfect it's... game. It really you to did. Me, yeah. You did. I mean, and so, if it's a perfect game for Carlos, I respect that. Yeah, because I don't know what, t- I mean, that's 10 out of 10 for me. So I, I guess the last thing I'll say in closing is that the other reason I love it so much, and we talk about this all the time on the show, don't have much time in the world. This game, I took a while with it because I wanted to, but you can finish in five hours. Which is reasonable, super reasonable. Reasonable. And then the ending, which will spoil at the end, I think is a perfect ending. So like when I finish the game, I want more of those experiences. I was like, yes, there's a really cool world. I got to inhabit this world for a little while, understand some things, not understand everything, which is fun, right? Like mysteries are still at the end of it. Sure, Ambiguous. Yeah, ambiguous, back to that. And uh, But it's, it's just enough. And I was like, okay, and there's a fleeting ending, and I'm fine. So... Perfect game All for right. me. There you go. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know uh, you really liked it a lot. And a lot of people are out there really liking it a lot, which is great. I don't mean to take away from anybody's enjoyment. Wasn't the game for me, not at this time, and that's totally fine. You know, it's uh, it's not a commentary on the quality of the game. I think it is a well-made thing, and it does what it does well. It's just not for me. So I, I knew that that's what the comment was when we were texting. I was like, oh, man, he didn't like it as much. Yeah, It's, it's a game. Game. <laughs> it's a game that's out there, and you can play it. <laughs> All right, let me talk about a couple games that I thought were fucking great. Let's right. get some, some juice in this podcast. I didn't like here. them, by the way. I didn't like either I know one, you so, didn't like yeah. them. I, know you I thought they were okay, and they were games. All yeah. right? You can play them. But not for you. But not they're, not both game. of these yeah. are not for me. I get it. Go ahead. I totally get it. Uh, first is Mothmen1966, playing this on the Xbox. Uh, this is a, I don't know, like an 8-bit kind of like intentionally... Uh, simplified graphics, uh, a visual novel. looks like something that you would have played, uh, you know, maybe like at the end stage of the NES or something like that, Uh, but in a good way, like intentionally, like I think they do a lot with the graphics. Basically, it's a visual novel uh, that has some story choices in it, and then you also have some minigames to play. The premise is that you are three different characters. One is a guy who works at a gas station, And the other two are uh, a man and a woman who are going out on a date uh, to a remote spot in the woods to watch a uh, meteor shower, like a little romantic date. And so that's the basic start of the story. As they get into the story, things definitely take a few turns. Um, No surprise, since it's in the title, Mothmen do show up. Uh, the, The famous cryptids that people are probably familiar with from TV and movies, those guys show up. There's also a number of other elements, uh, like like more than you expect would pop up in this game, and it all gets tied together pretty well. I think the graphics are really, really well done. A lot of dark, a lot of kind of like we just were talking about with Stray, ambiguous, and but not in story, but in visuals this time, but in a good way. You know, sometimes the scariest monsters are not the ones that you see in the light of day, but they're the ones where you just catch a glimpse of the shadows, or you think they're under your bed, and whatever you're cooking up in your mind is much scarier than what it would be when you actually see it like in full view. And they do a lot of that, which I think it really works in its favor. Yeah, that's the um, Jaws effect, remember? Is that what it's called, the Jaws effect? Yeah, I think so. People are just hearing about this. Uh, you know, the idea that you don't see Jaws for a while, you know? It's just like 
the noise, the idea that he's down there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, the suspense of the yeah, waiting suspense. for it to happen and stuff, yeah. I think the developers are really smart. They lean into, like, you're in the shadows, you're in the woods, things are dark, it's nighttime. And, and, and rather than being the kind of dark that frustrates me where I can't see what's going on, it's definitely like we are crafting in this in a specific way to give you a vibe, to give you a mood, and I think it was really well done. So the graphics, I think, are fantastic. Um, I think the story is really well done. It's it's interesting. It's quick. It's very quick. I mean, the whole game is like maybe two hours long, probably even less than that. 90 minutes, maybe. Mm. Just gets in, tells you the story gets out, which I thought was really great. Um, there's all killer, no filler. Like, there's nothing There's nothing where you're just like killing time. And there's a few points when somebody has like a lot of information to give you and you can simply say, I don't want to hear this and just move on, um, which is great. I love that option. I listened to all of it because I thought it was great. But uh, if you want to skip it, I love that they give you that option. Um, so I thought the story was really cool. I thought it ends in a very neat way, which I really liked. Uh, the choices were nice. Uh, there's a number of uh, uh, achievements you can get by taking different choices, like dying all the different ways you can die or doing the hard choices in some of the things. And it's it's the kind of visual novel where there are things other to, uh, things to do other than read, which is my favorite. Like it's quick, it's brief, the choices are good, and then you have these little mini games. Like at one point you're manning a cannon, you're shooting guys. At one point, you're solving a puzzle uh, with numbers. I mean, it's just you just do each puzzle one time, and then you move on. You never do it again. And it's just enough to make you feel like you have a little break from the reading. It's perfectly paced. I love everything about Mothman 1966. And, and the cherry on this delicious Sunday is there is a bonus game, which is included in the story. Uh, it's part of the story. You can play it once, and then you can move on if you want to. Uh, but after you beat the game, you can come back and just play this mode. It's called Impossible Solitaire. Um, I've never heard of this before. I'm guessing that maybe the developers created this themselves, but it is addicting as fuck. And you can play it in real life as well as you can play it in the game. Basically it's a solitaire game and I don't like solitaire. I don't give a fuck about solitaire, but this game, you like deal out these cards and it's like half the deck and you have to like, you know, basically kind of do your, your, your basic solitaire thing. But in addition to how the cards are set up on the board, every time you have to draw a card, you have to guess whether it's going to be red or black before you draw it right so if you guess right you keep playing if you guess wrong you immediately lose the entire game it's fucking stressful as Jeez. hell it is the dark souls of uh solitaire yeah <laughs> soul solitaire soul solitaire. soul solitaire it's really fun it's really fun uh my son watched me he doesn't give a fuck about solitaire either he watched me he wanted to play it he watched me playing it um i was saying fuck every five seconds because i kept losing and then after we got done playing it in the game we got out a deck of cards and we started playing it in real life. And it is a really fun game. It's super fun. Hmm. Great party game. It's a ton of laughs. It's really stressful. Uh, it's just amazing. So that game all by itself, I think, is is worthy of being a game. But that game is tucked into Mothman 1966, which itself is a great game. It's like a great game stuck inside a great game. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. So It's so interesting. I'm glad you brought it to the show because I keep seeing it pop up in uh, the new releases. And it's it's hard to tell what kind of game it is. Yeah, I just feel like because it, yeah. it's got the simplified graphics, but um, cool. All right. Yeah, I dig it. It's a big, big time thumbs up. I think Mothman 1966 is fucking rad. I think it's really fun. Um, so there's that. And also just a quick mention for Into the Breach, uh, one of my favorite games of all time. And this is truly a perfect game from any perspective. Uh, one of the few flawless works of art that humanity has created. Like Stray. Uh, Go ahead. Like strike. Go ahead. Sorta. Yeah. Sorta. Uh, have you ever played Into the Breach, Carlos? Yeah, we did. Uh, I'm very, very shortly, but I know it's one of your favorite experiences of all time. So. Oh my god, I love it so yeah. much, and I think about it all the time, and it sucks because I played this game to to the max. I got, I beat it with every team of mechs. 
I uh, so for people who don't know, before I get too far into this, it's a, kind of like an XCOM sort of a top-down turn-based tactics. Uh, you start with a team of three robots. Each robot has a different power, and there's many different teams of robots. Uh, some of them are focused on direct damage. Some of them are like on dodging. Some of them are, uh, you know, on using smoke or something. There's like a, there's a gimmick to every team, uh, and basically you fight on these small maps and you fight these alien bugs. Um, it's a great chess-like strategic experience. It's super well balanced. It's super well designed. I just I love it to pieces. Like it's so amazing. And I I I played it like I said to the max. I got every achievement. I finished every goal. I beat it with every team. I mean, I did literally everything you could do. There was there was nothing left for me to do. I did everything. And so I would think about Into the Breach and be like, damn, I wish I could play that again. But, you know, you know, like one of those, like, oh, I wish I could forget it so I could play it again for the first time again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hit myself in the head and give myself uh, amnesia. Well, that'd, that'd be silly, yeah. Yeah, me fuck, fuck my whole life up. I'm going to do that. But they just released some DLC. It's a free update DLC uh, for anybody who already owns the game, PC and all platforms. Um, it's on Switch for sure, which is where I'm playing. It's great on Switch. I don't know where else it is. Uh, but it's great. They gave you five new robot teams, and they're all, like, radically different from stuff we had before. Um, there's new achievements, new challenges. I mean, it's not like... It is more of the same, but in this particular case, that's amazing because this game is amazing, and I want more of the same. I don't need them to like change it all up. I just needed more of it, um, and that's what they—that's what they give you. It's—it's it's great. It's free. It's wonderful. I'm playing it right now. I can't stop playing it. I stay up until like fucking five o'clock in the morning every day because I should be in bed sleeping, and I'm just playing more fucking into the breach. So, uh, it's great. It's out there. If you have it, please check uh, your your PC or your Switch or wherever. Update that shit. Get it for free. Start playing that game. If you haven't played it and you like tactics, you like XCOM, that kind of thing, it's like it's like the best one of those that's ever been made. So check it out well, for sure. Check it out for sure. And also, to add to that, um, I saw randomly that Into the Breach is now available on Netflix. Is it really? Is that one of their Netflix games? Yeah. So what it means is it's it's kind of bullshit when they say a Netflix game. Because if, if it was really available on Netflix, it should be like within the browser you know, and you just play it like on your computer or on oh, your TV. Oh, so it's not like that. So what? How do you? What do you do? So you get it from Netflix, and then it goes to your iOS or Android phone. So it's like uh, a mobile version. So I'm wondering, have you played the mobile version of this game? No, okay. I think the Switch screen is already a perfect size. I don't need it any smaller than that. And I, I no, I wouldn't play it on my mobile. I don't think it's interesting though. But there, there, there's a yeah, a bunch of articles about Netflix gaming and Into the Breaches in that uh, list of games. Interesting. I have no interest in net gaming with Netflix, but I think if they were going to do it, that's a really smart choice to make. I mean, I can imagine it working on a mobile platform, and it's uh, like one of the best games out there. So, of course, why would you not pick it? But, uh, yeah, no interest in doing that. But I love it on the Switch. I'm sure it's amazing on PC. This game is just fucking amazing in general. And I'm so happy um, that there's more to play because I, I, I legit sometimes just think, God, I wish I could play some more of that. And like, yeah. there just wasn't any more for so long. So, uh, yeah, man. Three cheers to Subset Games for dropping some DLC. Um, now, I just, I wonder, what are they going to do next, right? Like, I know they're busy. Uh, you know, uh, did you ever play, um, what's that one they did right before Into the Breach? The one about um, FTL. Do you ever play FTL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faster they than Light, right? Yeah, yeah, they never brought FTL to any other platform other than PC, which was a bummer, because I always wanted to play it. I was hoping they were going to do port. I guess they're not going to do port. And now that they've got this DLC done, I want to know what are they doing next. I want more from these people because they are fucking brilliant. They are brilliant game designers. Hit them up, dude. You love them so much. Just I do. Send man, them a I message do. and say, hey, come on. I'm your biggest fan. 
I am your biggest fan. All right, that's it. So Mothman 1966, big thumbs up. Into the Breach DLC, mega thumbs up. Uh, back to you, Carlos, for Bright Memory Infinite. Yeah, this is from FYQD Personal Studio. Basically one dude, uh, which is why it went to our radar, I think, a while ago in some sort of game show. Yeah, exactly. Like an Xbox showcase, I believe. Yeah, and I was like, this guy made this game. His name's Zeng, by the way, Z-E-N-G. And um, and it's like beautiful looking and crazy. And it's a first person shooter with melee and it's crazy over the top stuff. And so, um, yeah, I was always interested. It came out a little while ago, I think, on Steam first. Uh, I finally got the code for Xbox or PlayStation. I can't remember. I think PlayStation could be. Yeah. And so this is like, you know, the final version, I guess. Bright, Bright Memory Inf- Infinite. Um, and what is the game? It feels very much like Shadow Warrior, uh, which I love. First person. First person. Uh, and Just Cause, because it's got some ridiculous stuff that happens. You're like, watch, I guess it's Shadow Warrior as well, right? Over-the-top action that could never possibly ever happen. Sure, um, sure. And you play a woman who's like this, I don't know, military girl in some way. She's got like espionage skills. She's got ninja skills. She's got all the skills, right? And many skills. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and you can actually do like different skins and different outfits, but I don't understand why in a first-person game, so I don't know what that's about. Uh, oh, yeah, because there's cutscenes, so I guess you could see them in cutscenes. But Okay. In general, it's over-the-top fun, and it's a short experience. I'm almost at the end. It's only about two hours long. Um, I think I'm at the like the, one of the last stages, and I got stuck because, you know, the whole like uh, difficult enemy thing. So that kind of frustrated me. And there is a story mode and a regular mode. I, you can't switch them, so I'm stuck in the regular mode. And I'm stuck on like a boss, so it's kind of annoying. But I will get like, past like it. in terms of difficulty. You mean like, like yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you yeah. can't story normal hard or whatever. Yeah, and I put Got normal. It. I was doing really great, and near the end, I'm like getting stuck. But in general, it's super fun, uh, incredible. That obviously just one guy. Playism is the publisher, so they're helping out a little bit. He's got a composer as well. Um, but it's just super fun. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. <clears throat> a lot of different weapons. Um, Plenty of ammo, so you don't really run out too much. You can always do your sword for melee. So anytime you get in a you know pinch, you can do these special moves. There's a, a pretty big skill tree, so you can like really upgrade all your you know ninja moves and your guns. Um, yeah, I just remember as I was playing it, I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is where they're saving it. Oh, that makes sense. Here's my checkpoint. Um, here's my new gun. That makes sense. It's like he knew in this two-hour window where to place all of the key moments. You know what I mean? That's an important skill to have is like you get that little burst of whatever just when you need it. It keeps the game fresh as you're playing all the way through. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this kind of similar to Stray and similar to short game experiences that I like. I'm like, oh, yeah, all this makes sense. The first time it hasn't made sense is where I got stuck just now. But in general, it's like, oh, this is a little difficult. I got to get smarter. I got to upgrade. I got to do this thing Um, at at some point, by the way. So to give you the idea of the over the topness, like you have a grapple hook that you just use at certain points and you can like grapple onto an airplane that's like flying into a black hole because of reasons. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you're on the wing of the airplane. And as soon as you get on there, of course, enemies come at you. So you're doing your regular combat, shooting a gun, everything, you know, katana flying. And then when you, the, the, that plane's on fire and going down, you grapple to another plane <laughs> and then you also do combat on that plane. Cool. Um, it's just super fun. There's like a crazy black hole in the sky. You're going towards the black hole. It doesn't, you don't need a lot of explanation. 
um, there's military they're fighting, but then all of a sudden it switches into like old school, like you're in the past. Mm, and then a little bit of like Shogun Warrior monsters kind of thing pops up. Yeah. So it flips back and forth between that, like present day and that, which is really fun. And again, everything is just presented well. Um, The graphics are, you know, pretty darn good. Um, Rain, everything like that. I just love it. It's just really fun. It sounds like a lot to pack into two hours. That's like you're naming like black holes and airplanes and grappling hooks and guns and big monsters and i mean that's a lot for such a short running time that's crazy and it's fast so it's a fast game so it goes by fast too and i think maybe even like yeah i'm, I'm kind of sad i'm kind of happy i was saying that i'm stuck on the spot because i don't want it to be over like it really is kind of a fun time but um yeah i'm gonna finish it up i'll, I'll beat this boss i'm stuck on um I, I really really recommend it it's like super fun and again i want these short experiences so the minute i got in there i was like Oh yeah, all this makes sense. Like the blade moves made sense. Everything just felt good. Uh, hmm. One person essentially crazy, you know, wow. crazy. Right on, right on. That sounds like a fun time. Uh, where are you? You said you're playing it on what? PlayStation. I am playing on PlayStation. That's right. Yeah. All right. It's. I think it's. I think it might be out on everything. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's definitely out on console. Sounds like a fun time uh, when you are in the mood for some wacky, over the top stuff. That sounds like a a real roller coaster. There. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Cool. Last game of the show before we talk about a stray spoiler at the very end. As dusk falls. Uh, this is a narrative game, uh, kind of like a visual novel, basically, uh, with some choices. Similar to Mothman 1966, like we talked about earlier. This is on Game Pass for sure. That's where I'm playing it. Uh, Carlos, I believe you played it on Game Pass as well. Yes, I did. Yeah, we saw the trailer for this one a while ago, and it was kind of hard to tell uh, exactly what kind of game it was or what you know what it even looked like. It's basically, I don't know exactly the technique they used for this, but it looks like they used real actors and then traced over the real actors to give it kind of like a painted illustrated look but these people i mean i'm sure it must have been real actors i'm guessing they were probably filming this um in a studio or something like that and then kind of like gamed it up to make it look more like a regular game yeah that, uh, i mean it's just think waking life if anybody's seen that movie yeah yeah they filmed all that so it's like they're just filming it and then they're like taking snapshots of it right little bits and painting it over and making it look kind of abstracted a little bit but it's really it's good looking it's a sharp looking game uh this is a narrative game like i said basically it's a story of two different groups of people one group of people is a husband and a wife and a daughter and uh the dad the uh, husband's father group of four people traveling cross country to start a new life in the midwest and the other group of people are three brothers who maybe have had a rough upbringing maybe are making some bad choices uh and these two groups of people meet uh inadvertently at a motel along the way and things just like hardcore goes south from there. I'm trying not to give too many spoilers because a lot of it is, you know, a narrative game, story-based game. If I talk about too much of the story, you're going to, you know, you're going to be spoiled and stuff you don't want to be spoiled about. But it's about the clash of these two people. And uh, there's choices along the way. Uh, You can, you know, uh, think about whether... There's a branching uh, part to the the script that you don't see till after you finish the first chapter. When you see the first chapter, it shows you all the different branches you can take. Do you help somebody? Do you agree with them? Do you disagree with them? Do you not help them? Uh, do you choose one person over the other? Like all sorts of little, you know, like like Telltale Walking Dead style choices. Yeah. Uh, and then I, when you finish a chapter, there's multiple chapters. When you get to the end of a chapter, it'll go back and it'll show you all the different branches. And it'll also tell you how many, what percentage of players chose which branch. So you can see, oh, did I choose the thing that most people chose? Or did I choose the thing that less people chose? And on top of that, 
when you go back to watch those branches, you can actually choose any one of those nodes and say, oh, I want to replay the game from that particular branch and see what would have happened if you chose the other way. Um, so that's a nice feature, a nice quality of life feature to do. But aside from all of the branching and the choices and stuff, just playing the game, um, I mean, it feels like you're basically kind of like watching a movie, advancing the text, and you make a choice, uh, narrative action game. And I'm into it so far. I don't want to spoil any of the plot, but I will say that it's really well written. I feel like the performances are really good. The voices are really good. These feel like real actors to me. And it's tense. Like, it's so tense. I feel like the anxiety um, for me as a player, as a person who's watching this happen, also as a parent, um, you know, I could easily imagine myself in these situations. And I just, I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time. I've, I've had a really great time with it so far. Hoping to finish it today, because I'm guessing it's probably not that long. But so far, I think it's it's pretty killer, man. What did you think about it? I, I get to pull a, a Brad Galloway with Stray. Oh, is it fine? Is it is not for you? I will say that this is a game, and it's definitely a game. Oh, man. Okay, let's get into it. Did not click, huh? Did not click? <laughs> I didn't even give you like the preview text. I could have done that and been like, hey, Brad, we're going to talk about As Dust Falls, right? Yeah, that's a game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is going to be exactly... I'm happy that this is in this podcast. Cause okay, good. We're going to balance the, it out. It's the balancing out of the stray. Yeah. So this is a game, again, just similar to, you know, playing my own devil's advocate, you know, if you have to be in the mood for this style of game and I wasn't hundred percent in the mood for it, but in general, I think when we saw the trailer, it's a lover hate kind of like, I guess it's lover hates too black and white, but like, you know, that style where they're not showing the full animation, even if yeah. it is painterly looking and waking mm-hmm. life, like waking mm-hmm. life was move movement. It wasn't just still frames. Yeah. This is like still frames. And yeah. these are still frames. So, I I saw that in the trailer and I was like I don't know and so then when I finally played it no I don't like it like I, I don't like it a lot like I okay. like I really don't like it and also it takes it's distracting because certain things are animated so like a car will will actually go down the street or like something will happen that is kind of animated and then I know they're doing that to make it like you know add to the realism which is cool but to me it was like a wild distraction and I I could never get on board. Secondly, okay, that's fair. I also didn't like any of the characters. Really? Yeah, like not even one of them. Like I find that very strange. Why so? Well, okay, so I don't know if it's it's not just acting because there is part of that, like you know that you have to enjoy the actor's performance. But like the, the very first, the idea of that family or whatever with the with the dad, it yeah. feels unbelievable. Like it feels like a, a sitcom or something. I don't know. It just feels like and what the dad's it- there with the dog. What part of that feels unbelievable? I mean, it's just a family traveling with the God. father, and he's and I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like everything felt not believable to me, me personally. Okay, that is okay. I mean, that's weird. I thought it was totally normal, oh, but okay. It does, and yeah, and it feels like they're setting it up to be like it's supposed to be awkward all the time. And I didn't even like the way that dad was talking to the kid. I don't know for some reason I didn't like any of the interactions. And then the kids who are just like, you know, up to no good, and the one kid doesn't want to do all the stuff his terrible brothers are doing. Like, I didn't want to play that part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to do any of the things that was being done. Like, even though I had better choices, they were all like, it was all terrible. Like, I didn't want to be in there. And sure. then, without a spoiler, something happens in the very beginning of the game that is terrible. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, see, I told you, I didn't want to do any of this stuff. Yep. Um, yep. So... I, I didn't like that storyline and I didn't find the other one believable as slash interesting to me. And so both of those are the main storylines. 
Um, and there might be a third one that I don't know about because I didn't finish it. But yeah, in general, that's the biggest part. And the fact that I didn't like the animation when I, you know, thought that might be interesting. And then there's a lot of quick time events, which I'm never a fan of. Just like you oh, said, yeah. when you go into an adventure game like Stray, you don't want to do some of the things they want you to do. I don't want to hit a, the A button until it fills a meter. I just... And oh, I went. You can go in the options. Just as an FYI, you can go in the options and turn all those off if you want. I turn can you? Off. Okay. Yeah. Well, that helps. Um, and then lastly, to just kind of topple one more piece of it is that the replayability stuff. You know me, like everything oh, yeah. one time is through. one time one through, through and it's through. canon. Yeah. So that didn't add anything for me because I didn't want to see what people were doing. I was just like, just I want to see my storyline. Sure, sure. So yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sure it's great for a lot of people, but I just couldn't connect with it. Man, that's very surprising. I thought you were going to be able to find some value in this. I mean, just to let you know, so I turned off all the QTEs. You can't, like, remove them, but what you can do is you can change them so that you have um, extra, extra, extra time, and then all you have to do is push one button. And so I turned that on. Mm. Instead of mashing buttons or anything, you just, like, the QTE comes up, you hit A, you move on, that's all it is, because those are not entertaining or fun to me. So I turned those on. And uh, I, I appreciate that you get the choice to go back, but like you, I am I am with you in this respect where... Whatever I, whatever I chose is what happened, and I'm not going to go back and replay it. Uh, you know, I do the canon playthrough as well. So I haven't replayed anything, but I do think it's a pretty cool feature if you want to do that. But mm. no, I'm sticking with whatever happened, and I'm close to the end. So I'm I'm just going to roll with it for sure. Uh, right. But that's, that's really surprising. I felt like the writing was quite good. Um, I felt like the family was like super normal and believable. I'm surprised that you can't, you didn't um, connect with them, but if you didn't, you didn't, you know, if you didn't, you're not feeling the family. I mean, that's, that's well, totally cool. But let me, let me explain that. Cause I feel like in the very beginning, you have to like, um, like believe something with the characters, right. In any story, especially you're going to sure. be invested with them. Sure. And I just didn't see that couple together. Like it didn't feel like I didn't see the connection. Like they were, they start by arguing. they, have different styles. Uh, the 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 guy who's has his dad with him. The dad's annoying. So like it just seems like a lot of annoying and trouble. And then she and the kid are like cool. Like I don't know. They seem like normal. They did seem more normal. But like that connection, I think I couldn't even understand. Like it just didn't feel like they were a happy couple. Well, at that particular moment, they're not. I mean, you, right. I don't know how far you got into it, but as you get further in the game, the game is mostly in, in real time moving the story forward. But there are a few flashbacks that kind of fill in the story. And one of those explains why the husband and wife are not really getting along at that point. It also explains, um, you know, what's up with the three brothers who are like the, the guys who are making bad choices. Yeah. Um, it talks about, you know, the the father a little bit. So they, they do they do fill it in. And I think there's. Uh, interestingly, there's ways you can steer it too. So, like, I, I appreciated that there was a way to affect um, how they were relating to each other in the present. So, I thought that was pretty well done. I mean, if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. But I, I felt like the brothers made perfect sense to me. I totally got where they were coming from. Uh, not that I like them or that I support them, but I could get what they were. I could get what their thing was, uh, and I predicted some of their twists way off, uh, way off because it was like, oh yeah. This is exactly my life. Like, I totally recognize these guys as doing exact same shit that I've seen in my life. Um, hmm. And then, you know, and then the family. I mean, I was just like, yeah, I could feel the dad. I, I know what he's going through. I can totally like I can totally like, went to the flashback. and I'm like, oh, man, like this is it just rings true to me. So, I mean, if it didn't ring true to you, that's totally fine. Everybody can appreciate things for their own. But I've, I felt like the writing was great. 
performances were great. They sucked me in like immediately, and I feel like they're doing a really good job. And I, I did like the visuals as well. I thought it was really stylish and cool. So I was I was down. Everything you didn't like, I did like. And okay, I it was uh, it's working for me. And also, again, you have a family, and you you've been the parent, and so like that part of it is obviously part of it. Uh, and I don't understand that that world. Like <laughs> that world is so foreign to me. So like that's you know definitely part of it. Um, but yeah, and definitely the style, like I, I would have probably liked this a lot better if it was waking life. Um, because again, they filmed all that. So I know it was a conscious choice, artistic choice, but yeah, it, the frames, mi- the missing frames bothered me. I don't know why <laughs> they really did. All Anyways, right. it's a game. There we go. Split decision. Another split decision here on the Soviet games podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, and to be fair, some people say that's what they like about our podcast is that we don't always agree on everything. Oh, yeah. Clearly, that is the case this episode. So This could also be called the Split Decision Podcast because that's the split a pretty decision. good name, too. That's true. That is very true. Uh, all right. So that is going to do it as a show. Before we wrap, though, Carlos did have a stray spoiler. Do you want to do it after the closing so that people can bounce without being spoiled? Oh, they know now. Just skip ahead. It's fine. We can do it now. Do they? Okay. Okay. So we're going to do a quick st- stray spoiler and there's nothing even left of the show i'm just going to do the wrap up and the closing you probably skip past it anyway i doubt anybody ever ever listens to it so um (laughs) we're going to go ahead and do a spoiler warning for stray so if you don't want to hear it uh stop listening now catch you next week or just jump ahead a couple minutes and we will do the closing of the show although there will be nothing exciting there so you might as well just bounce now all right carlos uh spoiler warning is in effect let's revisit stray in a spoilery way and yes that did rhyme Right, and you're not going to finish it then, I guess, right? So no, I, I can do this. I don't, I don't yeah. I care not at all. By the way, it's very small, too. It's a very small spoiler. But um, it's. I think it's really important that you know, as well as some okay. of the, um, see if I can relate with some of the people who did finish it. Okay. But so B12 is not actually a robot. B12 okay. is one of the last humans. Ah. And so it's like a consciousness inside the robot. Oh, it's not remote control. It's like a recorded yeah, personality or a something? a personality. And like oh. one of the last, if not maybe the last. And that's what's crazy and makes the whole game more have more weight to it as you get further on, especially because you go to like a like a remote control um, control center and you kind of see that this whole city's been like locked down because of like virus stuff and all that stuff. And so you actually like open up the doors and like let everything out, you know, like you can like let the robots go out into the real world again. But the actual person, you know, that guy dies, essentially. He's like, he can't keep, like, that robot thing can't keep going. So you're literally one of the last, like, living organisms as the Mm. cat. So that's heavy. And also the scene, you should see this scene. It's so beautiful. Of you actually seeing the whole city. Mm Because in the control center, you can see the whole city that you've just been walking around. Oh, okay. Which is pretty epic, right? It's like, oh, there I went there, I went there. And you can kind of see it all as like the dome opens up and the sun comes on it. So cool. Well, question for you then. So, um, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious from the get go. That's kind of like, like what you're kind of in for. I mean, I didn't know the specifics, but I think they do a pretty, pretty good job of like kind of setting up, um, the world and stuff. And if anybody's played sci-fi games, you probably got an inkling about what's happening. Mm -hmm. So, so if he, if B12, your little buddy in your backpack, your cat backpack is the only, last i don't know human recording or ai human or something then what are all the robots i just figured that was everybody doing like uh, a near thing where their personalities were just encoded in robots what are the robots are they just robots or no like, i think they're deal? just robots yeah it, it, everything made it sound like they were just part of the human's life you know just like they will be soon in our real world 
Um, so they're not they're not humans in robot bodies. They're just robot robots. No, they're just it's, it's, for my knowledge, they're just robot robots. Yeah, gotcha. and they're just okay. kind of just you know mimicking all the things that humans did. So they're gotcha. kind of like stuck in this loop and they're just doing it. But then they also can't leave. So, but the other part that I want to talk about really quickly is that was really cool and heavy and kind of powerful in a way. And then secondly, is I told you I can't play this game anymore, and I alluded to that last episode because at the end it's over. And I wanted to keep playing as the cat and just yeah, you go around. That. Yeah. So the last scene is so beautifully done. Part of what I said earlier, why I think it's a perfect game, is you finally get the main doors open and the cat walks up the steps and instead of the camera following you like it normally does, it just is locked, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of cinematic look. And you're still controlling the cat, even though it's like you can't follow it. And it's going all the way up the stairs and you can see the bright sunlight and the cat looks back at you and then leaves. And it's so fucking cool. It's such a great ending. But then it's super sad because you can't control it anymore. It's over. That reminds me of the ending of The Walking Dead. That is almost beat for beat. Oh, really? The ending of The Walking Dead, yeah. Well, that's a good... It's a good ending there, too. Yeah. So anyways, I love it. That's the thing I wanted to talk about. I just think that the the last human person and then also the last kind of moments for the cat, it's super epic, so... Wow. All right. Well, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, you know, like I said, it's it, not that it was a bad game. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't what I was in the mood for now. But it seems like it's uh, it's really hitting the mark for a lot of people. So I'm glad you uh, enjoyed it. And it seems like definitely a quality product. It's certainly something for uh, Sony to be proud of. That's for sure. Yep. All right. All that's right. it. That is it, folks. That is the show. If you're still here. Uh, hey, you're still here. Right on. You're, oh, uh, I guess well, you're a super fan. No, you, you yes. are, you're a super fan. You also get a special treat because I forgot something. Oh, what's that? I was supposed to mention this last episode. I finally went to a Barnes and Nobles, which there's only a few left, and I got the most awesomest book ever. You know how they do a lot of those like big books now, um, like Future Magazine will do them. Like they're like these epic, like all the games for Super Nintendo, or you know, all the PlayStation One games or something. I did not know that, but I believe you. They do them, and they they're kind of more popular than magazines now, and they're like epic. Anyways, I got the best one ever, and I want to give a shout out. It's called the RPG Book. Uh, oh, okay. From the makers of Retro Gamer, which you might have picked up a magazine of them. I'm someday. sure I must have, yeah. They're the bigger magazines, again, published by Future. This thing is fucking epic. It starts with like the very early MUDs. It goes through Ultima, like straight up, Carlos's like heart. Um, and it's it's just something you hold in your hands and you can like look through it. So please check it out if you can find a Barnes and Nobles, the RPG book by um, Future. That sounds fucking amazing. All right, excellent. Well, you know, there's actually one other uh, little bonus for all our super fans who listened all the way to the end here that I was going to mention and I forgot. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but uh, I have a huge, uh, really unhealthy collection of video game magazines since we're talking about magazines and books right now. Art books, strategy guides, and magazines. Um, and I've, I've held on to them all these years. I mean, I started collecting them as soon as they were available on shelves. I don't have a, I don't have a complete run of anything. Cause you know, I was a kid at the time, you know, I would get one as I went to the grocery store with mom and dad and they would buy me a game magazine or, you know, if I had a couple bucks after school, I'd go to Barnes and Noble, like you said, and I'd pick up something or whatever, but I've got like tons, I mean, several hundred pounds, uh, of game magazine, if not a thousand pounds, I mean, wow. I've got, I've got too much. And originally my, my plan for these was when I was younger, I was going to buy a house and then I was going to convert one of the rooms or maybe a basement or whatever space I had into like like a game zone, right? Like I was going to get all my, my systems and hook them all up. I was going to get like my games on a shelf and like display those. 
And then I was going to have my game magazines up there. So you could kind of like have a little archive of history. Yeah. Um, that didn't pan out exactly uh, for one reason or another. We're not going to get into that whole sad story here. But I still had all those magazines, right? They were in storage for a long time. I was bringing them around. I, we finally bought a new place here uh, where I'm living now with my wife. And uh, and we've got our chickens and stuff. And now it's time to just put our roots down and settle in. And I've got all these magazines, dude. Like, way too many magazines. I've abandoned the game, the game zone idea. I'm not going to do that anymore. Instead, I, I opted for Toy Temple, which is actually what I did. Um, so we're doing that. And, but I still have all this game shit. And I'm like, I, I, I can't store it anymore. Like, it's, it's so much. It's taking up so much room. It's so heavy. I need to just get rid of it because I need room for other things, right? And so I'm like, well, it's like a ton of magazines. Literal ton. I can't... I guess, do I take it to the dump? What do I do? I feel no, bad throwing it away. No, you take it to the dump. Holy shit. I'm like, I'm like what do I do with it? Because like, I can't I, I can't send it anywhere because it would cost $8 million to send it by mail. I don't have anybody nearby that would want to take it. I don't have any friends that would want to grab this. I mean, I, I doubt you have enough room in your place to take You don't want this fucking magazine. No, anyway. well, here, I, get, I, have, I, have, I have a plan. So first off, I want some oh, of them, for sure. Uh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me get to the end of it. Let me okay. Get hold on. So I'm like, I'm like, look, I got to get rid of this shit. I just, I need to offload it somewhere. And I feel like I can't throw it away because it's like historical. It's got some value. I'm sure somebody out here wants it. So I put out a tweet a couple weeks ago and uh, Frank Cifaldi from, what is it? Video game history. No, no. Gamehistory.org. Uh, famous Frank Cifaldi. He's a, everyone, anybody in games knows who he is. Uh, he reached out and I was like, hey, you know, I got all these magazines. Would you guys be interested? Because I, you know, game history, this is part of game history. Would you guys want some? And he's like, yeah, man, we'll take it. So I'm working out a deal with Frank. Um, luckily, they have a presence here in Washington. Um, they've got, I don't know, like a an office or something that I can I can drop these off to. So I'm, I'm going to give them a good home. They're going to go to a place where people will appreciate them. Hopefully it will contribute to the archive of knowledge at videogamehistory.org. And hopefully people will get some use out of it. I'm really glad I... I uh, found a place for it because otherwise i don't know what i was going to do with it well i was going to mention that anyhow so is it gamehistory.org uh it is gamehistory.org yes okay so that's good because i think that's the one i was going to mention because kelsey friend of the show yeah kelsey um, is part of that part of that organization yeah so that's super good that said i need some of those magazines before you give them away all right (laughs) we need to have a talk and i'm not like this is not a jokey joke thing like i definitely want to get some of those before they go there because i've been trying to find some and I'm sure you have some of the ones I want to read. So, well, send me a list or something. I'll take a quick look, dude. But it's like it's like literally a room full of magazines. And I, I full disclosure, I'm not going to spend a whole time diving through those. But if I can find some for you, sure. I'll I'm not looking for problem. specific ones. I'm just saying if it's like just the the style of magazine, like it's a PC gamer, is it Nintendo Power? Like what is it, right? And then if you have one of those style, then just give me a few of them. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, send me a list over. DM me. Tell we'll me what you're looking for, and I'll see what I got. I got a whole. I got so much. So all many right. magazines, dude. Anyway, all right. That is our show. Finally, thank you for listening to the end. That means you are one of the true believers. You're one of the super fans, and we're glad to have you. Uh, as always, we want your questions and your comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. Uh, you can also reach us individually. Uh, Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Why don't you go check out my YouTube channel? For some reason, that's blowing up right now. YouTube.com slash Carlos Rodella. Check that out. Alright, right on, right on. As for me, same as always on Twitter, on Instagram. It's B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 294. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Names Podcast. And we will see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. 
just just that's it. I'm all out of words.